welcome. Uh, I'm super excited to talk like we were just talking about. Uh, we've known each other for a long time since uh, back, I think I first met you at, at Iron Will, but we don't really know each other. And so really excited to kind of understand, you know, how you got into, you know, fitness and nutrition and, you know, helping people along that journey as well. And really what that was like for you. I'm, you know, was that, was that always a piece of your life? Uh, I mean, how did that evolve? Yeah, I think it it started through my own personal transformation, just kind of like your where you are yeah. started there too. I know that much about you. Um, yeah, but mine started um, because I dealt with an eating disorder for a long period of time when I was younger. Mm. Um, I had a couple of friends who had eating disorders, and I just didn't know how to deal with my emotions or failure or challenges and stress. And that's yeah. really how I learned how to cope with those things, which was obviously more detrimental than, than positive in many ways. Um, mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. I reached the point where I was ready to be healthy and be a whole person, as my mom would say, um, <laughs> I reached out to a naturopathic doctor and he helped me a lot and really opened my eyes up to how the body is so capable of healing itself. Um, and mm. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like I was never into medications like I would be prescribed antidepressants and never take them and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and his approach was just so much more it made more sense to me that you know the body has these capabilities and if we support it the right way you can undo or start to undo a lot of the damage that you've done and around the same time I also started CrossFit and so coming into this place where okay the, the goal and excitement is really getting better and getting stronger and improving. And I knew that if I stayed in this state of really unhealthiness, yeah. um, I couldn't do that. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't improve the way that other people were, the way that I thought I should be improving. And that really were like two of my driving forces is one, I want to get stronger and be healthier. And two, I now I understand that the body can do this and that I mm. can be healthy. Um, so that really just got me into wanting to learn more about it. And as I saw myself progress and get better and, and be more capable of doing all the things that I enjoy doing in life, um, it just brought me to this place of like, okay, I want to, I want to take the time out now to really like devote time to learning about all of this myself in a, a grander yeah. scheme and then helping other people. And so after that, it, it literally just, things just fell into place. It was really kind of crazy. Um, how, like the day that I graduated from the course that I took on nutrition, I was offered a great job. <laughs> and it was just a, a funny timing event. And, but that for me, like I definitely believe a lot in alignment and signs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And things happen for a reason. And so that to me was just like this light that was like, this is your path. This is what you need to do. That's fantastic. And so there's a couple of different things I, that I want to kind of go on. This is, you know, certainly, um, you know, I think a lot of people have different eating disorders. And I really want to talk about that. But one thing that you were talking about with CrossFit, um, you know, for me, what I really, I was an athlete before, like, in you know, as a kid and in high school, but then that stops. And as adults, we don't really have much to do. But um you know, the thing that I enjoyed about CrossFit was, again, it's functional fitness and right, like, so being able to just get stronger and enjoy life 
a little easier, meaning that you can go and do things without having to stress your body out because you have already done that. Your body's prepared for what's to come because you've stressed it a little bit or in, in, in it, and it starts to get used to that. Uh, and, you know, and, and it just, it's amazing for myself, you know, four years later, just physically what that has done for me, as well as mentally, you know, being able to do something now that I wasn't able to do before, knowing that it only came from my hard work, allows you to apply that to lots of different aspects in your life. And so, and so uh, we can talk more about CrossFit afterwards, <laughs> but that's really, I, you know, I, I think that that's a really big thing for people, right? I yeah, mean, for sure. The, like when you start understanding that your body has this potential for, for more and you can handle all these things in a better way and feel more fit and accomplish these goals. It's just like, it's kind of that like <laughs> adrenaline rush, but like, or like dopamine hit, but it's just naturally occurring. It's like, yeah. Wow. And it feels good. And it's nice to be able to do things and not get exhausted from them and have energy and, you know, and just say, be able to say yes to things without, you know, having to think about it. Um, really? But, uh, but so the eating disorder, I didn't realize that you had an eating disorder. And, and I think that um, most, you know, I think that uh, like sugar is, is an addiction that people don't truly, truly talk about. Um, you know, we talk about mental health and all of these other addictions, um, which are, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible thing to, to have something have control over you, um, but we all have it in certain ways. If I open up a bag of jelly beans, I'm finishing the bag of jelly beans. If I open up a bag of Swedish fish, I'm going to, you know, finish those Swedish fish. So I don't buy those things because I know I know myself, but that right in itself, the fact that I have to think about it means that I have a problem with it. Right. Like, and so therefore it's, it's things that people, you know, but I, I, you know, I'm fascinated to kind of what that was like for you to, you know, to have this disorder in, in the, this relationship with food, which is, which is really an unhealthy relationship with food. Right. Yeah, it, and for sure, like you said, um, eating disorders are so vast nowadays. And I even look at, you know, people who are trying to be healthy as athletes and like recognize some disordered tendencies in, in a lot of different people that you wouldn't classify as a mm. normal eating disorder. And so it's really more of a relationship with food and a relationship with your body and, mm. and that sort of thing. And I think in the beginning, I really recognized the emotions that were tied to it and the behavior, because it's a pattern that you repeat and repeat, it's hard to step out of those patterns and to really start to create new patterns. And of course, you know, it's like, you know, two step forwards, one step back, and you just have mm -hmm. to keep trying and trying and trying. Um, but the other side of that is more, and, and behavior is physiological, but on a deeper, I think, physiological scale, there's this addiction that comes with food and certain foods and sugar, which, you know, a lot of foods, even if it's not refined sugar, they turn to sugar fast mm -hmm. in our bodies, in our bloodstreams. It depends how we eat them. It depends what we're eating. Like there's all these different factors, but, you know, going through school for nutrition, I really understood the importance of digestion and blood sugar regulation as two of mm -hmm. the main like foundational systems in your body that need to be regulated in order for you to have this increase in energy, this increase in 
um, recoverability and strength and everything else. Um, and so I think there's a, a very big lack of understanding of the importance of those two things. Like we see a lot of people who are doing nutrition that recommend macros and like, okay, that works in a sense. It works for some people really great, but what that's not addressing is really what comes before that, which is the mm. function of your body. And if your body is not functioning well, not able to digest food properly, which is how you absorb and utilize nutrients and then not, you know, regulated in terms of being metabolically flexible. Like if we're mm -hmm. just sugar burner, then that keeps us in that feedback loop of constantly needing sugar. But if we're metabolically flexible and we can burn fat for fuel as well, now we have more control and that's control with cravings, control with like our, our energy levels and when and where we use things. Um, being stuck in this like blood sugar roller coaster of being dependent on carbs and really only burning carbs for fuel um, just keeps us craving more. And it also keeps mm. it like every time we eat, we're going to eat, but then we're not satisfied. So we want to eat again, or we get hangry or we get tired and all these different things occur. And so through my own process and also working with other people, I've really yeah. learned to understand that like we have to not force, but I mean, if you want to really understand what your body wants and needs, you have to kind of go to different measures and try different things to see yeah. exactly like what these signals mean for you. Um, Cause it's not the same for everyone. Like we have, well, I was just going to say, yeah, like it's different. Like just that everyone's journey is different. So is, you know, every, the things that people like, uh, you know, what's going to work best for them. So it really right. is, it's not just a one size fits all, um, you know, type of scenario where it's just like, okay, if everyone just follows this, it's going to work, right? Like it's, it, it's going to be different for everybody. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. And that's really where I think working with someone to understand that because, uh, you know, even, even as an athlete, you know, not ever having worked with a nutritionist, um, there are things that I could understand for myself and, you know, just, I'm sure do better so that I understand myself better. I understand my body a little bit better. And I understand the foods that, you know, I should be eating versus what I potentially am eating. Um, so how do you, how do you help folks really? What is that process like? And what does that, what does that do for individuals when you start working with them and, you know, setting up and trying these nutrition plans and, and moving. And I know you've had a lot of different success with a, a lot of different people, including, um, you know, uh, uh, a good friend of ours, Matt, um, who's had a tremendous amount of success um, and really, you know, it's amazing to be able to give somebody a new lease on life. And so that's fantastic. And I'm really, you know, excited to understand, you know, really how you help people with that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I look at it through going through that myself. I recognized from the beginning that it's not an isolated factor. Like we can't like nutrition, what we eat, what we're putting into our mouths isn't you know, wellness as a whole and health as a whole, it really comes down to your lifestyle, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with food, um, how you manage stress, your sleep, your hydration, what you do for exercise. It's all of these factors combined. And mm -hmm. so when I get to know people or potential clients or existing clients, what I really want to understand is all of the factors that they're ex like the whole person right like life. what's going yeah. yeah what's what does their whole life look like because if i just recommend you follow this you know 
plan, you know, it may or may not work. And, and then, you know, you don't want somebody frustrated with you, but yet, well, if you don't understand everything that's going on, you can't make the best recommendations for people. Exactly. Um, everyone's like, we know different. And so everyone's lifestyle is different and they're like going back to the like kind of cravings thing in X, Y, or Z, their cravings can be related to stress. Their cravings could be related to a lack of sleep. Their cravings could be related to a lack of hydration. And so my job is to really understand what's been going on in your life and, and try to piece those pieces together for you. So you Mm -hmm. understand, okay, when this is happening in my life and I'm feeling like this, this is the direction we need to go in or things we need to focus on. And so everyone, I love working with people individually. I don't think I would ever do it differently because that's what people need. They need, to, they need someone who understands their life to help them make sustainable changes. Yeah. Um, you know, anyone can do a weight loss plan. There's tons of different ones out there, but what happens sometimes is we end up in a worse place because they're, they're not really addressing all of the things. So we end up either being on this challenge where mm-hmm. maybe we're restricting or starving ourselves in some way, or, you know, it's not necessarily a nourishing plan in all of the senses of mind, body, soul, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's not sustainable for them. Mm. So I really like to dive into people's, you know, health history, their, their life as a whole and create something that works for them and help them with their understanding with their themselves and their, well, and it's all about sustainability, right? Like it's all about, especially when I, for, when I started on this journey for myself, I mean, as you know, I mean, I was upwards of 290 pounds at one point and it was just. I had this life event where I was just like, okay, you know, who am I? What am I going to be? And what do I want for myself? And it was just a matter of like, okay, well, these are the foods that I enjoy eating. Let me understand how I can eat them. And if I do this, let's just say I eat every two hours, what does that do to my body? If I don't like that, then okay, well, now let me try something new. But it was really for me, you know, I, I've always looked at food and I realized that I didn't have the best relationship with food. But I, as I started to understand what it could do for me, it was more of, along the lines of me understanding the way that it was going to best work for my lifestyle, you know, kind of what was going on. Also knowing that I, I, I didn't want to restrict anything that I liked. So yes, there are some healthy alternatives to things like, you know, the no sugar ice cream and things like that, but I love ice cream. And so I, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I, (laughs) I'm going to eat ice cream. And now let me figure out how I can then, you know, just have that as a treat for myself, not, not ever have it or say, I can't have it, but just figure it out. Um, and realizing that sometimes, you know, again, I, Still don't have the best relationship and, and I overindulge. Um, but I do things a little bit differently for myself. Like now I fast. And so it, it, it'll, fasting has allowed me to be a little bit more flexible with my food for me anyway, you know what I mean? But um, again, it's really, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a place of discovery for, for people so that you can be sustainable. And that's really where this long-winded conversation went, was, was sustainability, right? Like we can't just look at something and say that I want to lose 20 pounds or 15 pounds or five pounds or whatever this is and cut out all of these things in our life and then go back to it once we've hit that goal because we don't have a, a goal past that or we don't have something else in line for ourselves 
and then we don't have sustainability. And then we wonder why people yo-yo and all of that type of stuff. So it really, I love that word um, because sustainability is really what it's all about. You want to find something that you enjoy that you can then do for the rest of your life so that you can feel the way that you want to feel because isn't that what you uh, I mean I would imagine that that's what you try to get to people is how do you want to feel and then let's figure out how we can get you there with the foods that you're eating and the and the lifestyle that you're living yeah for everyone you know you want them to enjoy what they're eating eat, like eating is obviously a huge part of our lives we need to eat it's very social especially in our day and age and yeah. we live um and so that like you said having some ice cream here and there like that is 100 where sustainability is involved is is knowing that like okay these are my my non-negotiable things that I need to <laughs> And how can I incorporate those so that I can still work towards my goals? And so that obviously looks different for everyone, but it's a little bit of understanding like which foods are work better with your body than, than mm. not. And so then we can say, okay, if this, like for me, I have a gluten allergy. Like if I wanted to work in, you know, a real beer once in a while, that for me is not sustainable because that will just put me in this three-day coma of, of yeah. awfulness and it wouldn't allow me to recover properly or do the things I need to do in life. Yeah. But yeah. if I say, okay, I want to go and have a gluten-free beer every once in a while, once a week or something like that, that's sustainable. And I can still enjoy this thing, but now for me, that's a much better option. And so yeah. sometimes the real ice cream is for sure the way to go. If people are like, you know, reactive to dairy, I would say, you know, maybe that's oh, not the place we go. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like that, you know, so 100%. And there's, and the best thing about it is that there's really so many options, you know, like um, if you follow a, a plant-based diet, there's tons of different stuff. If you follow a carnivore diet, there's lots of different stuff. So um, you've tried a lot of different things, right? And, yeah. and, and which is great because I think that that allows you to understand one, what it did for you, but then two, what it can potentially do for, for others. And so how has that trial been for you of like understanding what the different things that come out from, from keto to carnivore to all of these different things? Like it's, it's a, it, you know, it's a good thing to, to explore, but it also, um, I'm sure messes with your body a little bit too, right? If you, if, if it doesn't agree with you. Yeah. So I've, I like to be the self-experiment because like you said, then I can speak about it and tell from my experience, which isn't going to be the same as everyone else, but at least I have some insight. Yeah. And um, it's been very eye-opening in a lot of ways. I found things that work really great for me, but also, also with my, you know, history of eating disorder, I understand what works best for my personality and my history. And mm. I think this is where, you know, that whole lifestyle thing comes into play too, is having that understanding of what someone's gone through in their past can help you help them figure out what is you know the best things we can try in the future and I look at everything as like a tool in your toolbox like mm -hmm. if I just like fasting like fasting I don't think is for everyone at, at all times yeah. I think it's a great addition to some people's lifestyles and can definitely benefit health in so many ways 
Um, but you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's trying it out and understanding like where your limits are with this, like mm -hmm. what makes you feel better? What makes you feel like, okay, now we're too restricted or going too far over the edge. And that's a personal thing, of course, but then it's also understanding, okay, when I do, you know, keto or carnivore, like how does, how do like, as a female, how does, does my, my cycle change? Like mm. all, all of a sudden, all of my PMS symptoms and all of that went away, like super cool. Oh. Cool wow. stuff. like energy is just sustainable and doesn't go away but then when I switch back to more carbs every day I notice that you know the blood sugar sort of the carb sugar craving comes back so easily mm -hmm. um and and there's differences in different foods in that sense too and it's just sort of getting this understanding now of like okay this is this is how this can benefit me and possibly mm -hmm. someone else and x y and z so I play around with it um I have my clients all we play around with all this kind of stuff too because that's the way that they're going to know what works best for them yeah which is which is great and and i and i love when you were talking about food and and you know you hear people talk about being tired and you know there's a there's a there's a variety of reasons why people are tired a, a, a lack of sleep um sometimes it's a lack of kind of goals or ambition and things that they want for themselves through a variety of different reasons and a lot of it comes down to the food that you're eating, which make you tired, and then you don't have energy to do something else. And so changing your food habits and, and, and or just understanding food habits can add so much energy to your day. Um, and so yeah, so whenever I hear people tired, it's like, okay, well, you know, you, I automatically think about food and, you know, what it does for people, because I remember sitting down to a bowl of pasta and, and then taking a nap on a couch because I couldn't move and I overate and I stuffed myself and all of that type of stuff. And so, yeah. and, you know, so it's understandable why people are, are tired. Um, but if you're saying that you should look at what's happening because you shouldn't be tired. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, if you're getting, if you're getting six to eight hours of sleep at night, you know, cause it varies for different people, but if you're in that range, seven to eight, you know, you shouldn't be tired. And so, you know, it's a matter of, now it's a matter of like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Right. And I'm sure do you hear people talk about that a lot of being tired or not having energy. Yeah, I think honestly, um, we've come to the point in society where people feel a lot of negative ways that they just chalk up to this is how I feel. Mm. Um, tired is one of them, feeling like bloated, gassy, like indigestion, like changes in bowel movements frequently. Um, a lot of things like, like for, like I said, with women, PMS symptoms, hormonal symptoms, really bad cramps, bloating, moodiness, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff there that's not normal um, that mm. we classified as normal because we've been living our lives and this is how we felt. So this must be normal. Um, same with like, I have some clients that have had co uh, chronic constipation their whole lives. So they're like, well, for me, this is normal. It's like, that's not normal. <laughs> that well, it's not happen. how the body's supposed to function. So right. if that's happening, then let's, let's look at, that, let's look yeah. at why, because right. you should be fairly regular, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, you should yeah. wake up in the morning and, you know, go to the bathroom and that should be the, you know, exactly. it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a fairly consistent thing that, um, when you're, when you're doing things healthy for your body, you know, it becomes, uh, it just, it feels a lot better. And, exactly. and, and it's amazing to not feel that bloat 
um, that sometimes that really food gives us and, and you, you know, the things that we consume um, and then not having it when you get that, you're just like, Oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. People finally start when they start to feel better energetically or, you know, digestively or anything like that. They're like, this is a whole new world. They get so excited. And to me, it like, it makes my day because I'm like, yes, this is, this is how you should feel. Mm-hmm. So like, whenever it starts to go in that other direction again, like we just start, start to think about like, what process did we just do that helped that? Maybe we can try that again, or maybe there are some other things we can do. So there's always this ebb and flow and no one's going to be perfect all the time, but then it's just yeah. understanding when I start to feel like I have low energy again, or when I have these like sugar cravings or I'm feeling like really like I have this energy and now we've just crashed. Like those are just signs that like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Maybe the things that we just did and like go back to that process of like, okay, we got to focus on this for a little while to get this process going correctly. Yes. Again, and now we'll be good to go. And now I would imagine, so you, you, you said something earlier that really was very intriguing. It's not just about kind of the diet. It's understanding all about like the individual. So do you go in and, and really do like all of the try to, you know, have your clients get all of the blood work and the body work done so that you understand each individual person so that you can then make best recommendations, right? Because I think that that's something that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I, I do GI testing. Um, a lot of my clients surprisingly have done, you know, they've gone through the, the, whatever already of getting blood work done and talking okay. to the doctors and X, Y, and Z. So a lot of them already have that under their belt, or sometimes I do, you know, ask, you know, maybe we should get this panel, just mm-hmm. see what's going on with your thyroid or X, Y, or Z. Um, I do extensive GI testing and food sensitivity testing, which mm. is optional. It's not a mandatory part of, you know, what I do on a regular basis, but for some people that have had, you know, a pretty severe health history of antibiotic use or this going on or that going on, you know, some of them start there. And mm. that gives us a ton of just like black and white information, um, to work with. Um, so a lot of it can be done intuitively, but yes, we do definitely dive into some testing here and there. Um, and for all intents and purposes, like what we talk about every week and when we check in the next week, that's all experimental and that's all sort of diagnostic too. It gives us information as to how their body's responding and then Mm -hmm. what we can do to kind of like move the needle in a different direction or keep going in that direction or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so before you got introduced into kind of CrossFit, you know, one, how did that introduction kind of come in, but did you used to work out at all with weights or, you know, was it something that you were exposed to or was it completely brand new for you? Yeah. Um, I've always loved exercise. Um, I like to say like, I was very into exercise before I became unhealthy. Um, like I had a really good relationship with it right before I started to have a bad relationship with it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was in my teenage years when I was getting like, you know, there's just some things I remember from comments from people that really kind of sent me over from this healthy place to an unhealthy place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would say I have always been into exercise and working out. Even when I was unhealthy, I was, I was probably overworking out at that that point um mm. 
when I got introduced to CrossFit, it was through a person at the gym at the time that I dated. Um, and they really brought me into there. And then from there, I remember being at Iron Will and having um, a weightlifting coach come in. And that's when I got introduced to Olympic weightlifting. And I was just like, fascinated because they were they were hard things to figure out and do and um my, the coach at the time Nikita I don't know if you remember him or if you were there when he was there um but um anyways he, he was really helpful and being like you have a ton of potential and like all this kind of stuff he brought me my first pair of weightlifting shoes and then I was mm. like okay this is what I want to do and I you know obviously I dabbled back and forth between the two and combining the two um, and now I do mostly just Olympic lifting, um, yeah. because I find it works better for my lifestyle and like the amount of time and energy I spend on work and running around. I need something that's a little bit more slower and less intense, um, yeah. in, a, in a longer period of time sort of thing. Yeah, um, and, it's a, and it's a, and it's a technical, you know, just like anything, you know, whether it be CrossFit or uh, like all of that, um, in order to not get hurt and do all of the right things, right? It really, it's a, it becomes a very technical thing um, to master and then move into, you know, kind of higher weights and, and, and all of that. But it's, it's also, it just, it's empowering to move weight around and, um, and give that for yourself, right? Like it, it, it just, it feels good to have some strength behind you. Um, and your body's meant to move. Let's right. I mean, our bodies aren't meant to just stand still. Um, and so, but it doesn't always have to be weights. I mean, it can be yoga. You can build strength a lot of different ways, but it's just, it, it, it is really good to have some, um, um, you know, some of that behind you. I, I always, you know, kind of equate it to like a ship. Um, one, you know, we're not meant to just sit still you know right. uh, a ship is meant to sail yeah there's a lot of danger out there but a ship will rot if it just sits in one place and so that. Uh, you know the body will rot if it just sits in one place we're meant to move yeah for sure yeah um and so what has working out i know what it has done for me um but getting into the olympic movements i'd love to just talk about mental health for a little bit because i think that it ties in obviously with eating um but what you're doing also you know i find when i'm at my best and i feel the best about myself i'm 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 taking care of myself. I'm doing things and I'm doing activities that help me feel good about myself. Uh, so does Olympic lifting give you that as well? Yeah, it's of course kind of like my me time during my day and, you know, my barbell therapy in a lot of ways. Um, but it's, I, I, I believe it's a very mentally challenging sport. And I personally have come to understand that when I treat my body well and take care of myself the way that I should be, I'm way more confident in my lifts and I'm able to improve. And of course, if I have a, like a, a personal setback, then my lifting is set back too. And my confidence in my body is set back. 
Um, and I found that it's, there's definitely a balance for me that I've more so lately dived into with, you know, the stress of, you know, taking on a new part-time job and, and all this sort of stuff is understanding that there, there can be too much stress involved. And for me, it was coming, um, in terms of like the, the pressure of competition stress, mm. um, competition for me in weightlifting has always been a mental challenge. Um, I, you know, as I've gotten used to getting in front of crowds and people, it's become a little bit better. But now again, you know, this past year lifting at home, it's gone, it, I feel like it's kind of gone back in my mm-hmm. sort of uh, comfort with performing in front of people, whether that's doing a seminar or Olympic weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I felt a little bit of, of pressure this year in doing competitions granted it's mostly virtual right now which feels better I did one virtual competition but then I just understood that you know having this extra pressure to compete and to be stronger you know at this meet or x y or z um was too much for me it was like putting me over the edge of the amount of stress that I could take so I've been working with my coach now and you know opened up to him about that and I was like I want to I want to lift because I love lifting and I want to get stronger because to me like I want like, just like I'm trying to improve the internal function of my body all the time and get healthier, I feel like getting stronger is like that too. It's like building. Um, I want to build a stronger foundation. And then from there, maybe I'll feel ready to compete again. And so he's been great. And, you know, we're just focusing on just moving well and, you know, filling in the gaps of strength here and there and, you know, really enjoying the, 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 the whole journey instead of just focusing on that end result. So. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, sometimes we can, like you just said, we take on too much and then we burn ourselves out. And then when you burn yourself out, you, um, you take time off that you wouldn't necessarily want to take a, take time off. I got that with rowing. So we got mm-hmm. on the, we got a rower and I hopped on it and I decided that I was going to row a marathon and yeah. I rode a marathon and that was amazing. It felt fantastic. Um, It was a super challenge for me because I had only rode for maybe like an hour, hour and a half before that. I was doing it fairly consistently, you know, maybe like a couple of weeks, but it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then once I did that, I then started to get some kind of like crazy thoughts. And I got to a point where I was thinking that I was going to row a marathon every day. Oh, wow. And, um, and physically, I think, I I mean, I could, I could do it. I I could, if I had that kind of time, Mm -hmm. but what happened was I started to creep up in my time. So I was, I I started at a, at an hour a day and then I went to two hours a day and then I went to three hours a day. And then I was, I found that I couldn't back off of, it was either three hours or nothing. So if I didn't have three hours in my day, mentally, I couldn't scale back to a half an hour or an hour because it was like, well, I don't have three hours, so I'm not rowing today. And I then found myself not rowing for like two or three days because I was too busy and I couldn't find that three hours in my day. And then I was just like, okay, well, what's more important for me right now to maintain the consistency and and feel good by doing this or to keep doing all of the stress for myself. And so I backed that off. I was just like, that's unrealistic for me right now. I just, I can't sustain that. And, you know, 
do all of this because there's just right. there's just not enough time. Um, and so I scaled that back down to an hour. And now it still gives me time to move weight around. I still have, you know, additional time in my day that I can find, you know, where I can do that and I can, or I can do something else. I can ride my bike. I can, you know, so it's allowed me to really um, uh, make better choices for myself, but that's hard, right? Like we get, we get caught up in like, we want this, we want this for ourselves, but then that also mentally, it's like we sometimes you can let that make you feel deflated because it's like, well, why can't I do this? This is my goal, but it's an unrealistic goal. You know, you have to look at everything. And if you set unrealistic goals for yourself, you know, you're only going to de feel defeated and you're not going to make the best decisions. Exactly. I think that's like the perfect example of like understanding when something is working or not working for you. And if then you, you've been in this pattern for, you know, a week or two weeks, maybe, and then you start to realize, well, this all or nothing thing isn't working out for me. And then you shift. And that's the same with like diets too. People take diets as I have to do yes. it this way. And it's not like that. It's, it's, this is a, you know, template and you need to adjust it based on what works best for you. That becomes sustainable. Yeah. If you feel like, and I think that that's a great analogy because it's always a matter of like, if you feel like if you restrict yourself from something and the moment that you can have it, if you're going to just indulge, then you shouldn't have restricted it that much, right? Like that's a, that's a, um, if you have that feeling, then what you did prior was not a healthy thing for you because you should never want that like indulgent feeling because you've given something up for so long yeah you know and, and 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 at times it's always it's always nice to take a break from things and then treat yourself but um again it uh uh yeah it, it, it really becomes a, a game and i think that that's just becoming you know the more that we become aware of what we want and how we feel and pay attention to ourselves and pay attention to what our body tells us um, you know, it's really, it's a great way to then say, okay, well, it's telling me something and I don't like the way that I feel. So let me, you know, let me explore it. Let me find some, some avenues. And it's great that people are able to, to do that. What, when you look back at like things that you're proud of, uh, professionally and, and doing all of this, what's the, what's maybe the one or two things that you're most proud of that, you know, you've been able to do, you know, for your career, for other people, you know, anything along those lines? I think that probably there's two terrifying times in my, you know, career in the past few years. One was when I decided to start my nutrition venture and, and work. I, at the time I got the job at um, CrossFit Tilt and was working at all of their gyms. And they gave me this great opportunity to kind of create and do whatever I wanted with the nutrition program, which was amazing, but it was terrifying at the time to leave what I had previously done for income, which was, I served and bartended for many years. Yeah. Um, and to, to kind of make that transition was really hard. I literally, um, the person I was dating at the time literally pushed me over the edge and he was like, listen, you're going to do this. This is what you want to do. And now you have this opportunity, like go, go and take it. Um, and he's an amazing entrepreneur and, you know, taught me so much about business and stuff. And it was just a perfect person for that time in my life to be with. And I'm very thankful for that. 
Um, but I would say the, the more recent time was when COVID hit and um, I had um, about a month prior to COVID left Tilt and decided that I was going to start working on my own um, just because what they wanted changed to a little bit different than how I felt was best to run my practice and, and yeah. to clients. Um, and so I did that. And then like a month later, COVID hits and it's, you know, this other transition time. So the first transition, obviously like working on my own and not having a stream of clients coming in from the gyms. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second was now, okay, now, now from meeting my people in person, I have to transition to hundred percent virtual. Um, and so it was this huge blessing in disguise, like both of those things happening, um, because it forced me to, to move into this uncomfortable place, but a place that was much more suitable to what I wanted to do. Um, really? and then the transition to virtual too became such another blessing in disguise because I was spending so much time driving from place to place. Cause most of my clients were still within the, the tilt gym area and in from those gyms. So it was like, I would go to Sudbury to Waltham to Wellesley and then back home to Franklin. And so that's, yeah. You know, that's a lot a of time. Of um, so it, it, it allowed me to then open up and work with so many more people. And now I connect with people. I have clients in Bermuda. I have clients in California. I have people yeah. all over the place and it's awesome. And <laughs> so I think that, you know, as, as hard as things feel at the time, I always think like there is a reason and purpose for this. And if mm -hmm. this is the door that's being open for you, if you just have the courage to walk through it, like good things will that's, happen. That's it, right? It's so, it's so tough sometimes to just take that first step or we want to hold on to something or we don't want to, you know, it's, and so the more that you can really just, um, kind of embrace a situation that kind of came in. And for me, COVID was the exact same thing. It was, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, I had had the business for a year and then I started to work with an individual that, you know, had this uh, uh, small, small business network where she had an online platform of going in and working not an online platform it was an in-person but we would go in and work with small businesses and educate on a lot of different topics and so i started uh facilitating personal productivity and that was going great and then COVID hit and uh you know all of that small business money that you know people were spending on education and training uh they were using to survive right. and so that dries up and then it's just like well what am i going to do with my time like you know i can't and so, you know, there's a loss of income, there's a, there's a, now an increase of time and you've got a, you know, you can't just sit around waiting for that stuff to come back. It, it's and because it may never come back. And so you have to just expand it. Yeah. COVID was great for me as well with that, meaning that, you know, all of my business was face-to-face -face as well. And I love that. I enjoy face-to-face -face conversations, but the virtual way allowed me to expand my business. It allowed me to be more efficient with my time right. um, and still get the same impact for people. Um, you know, there hasn't been a, a, a tail off of the impact that you can make for somebody just because you're not physically face to face with somebody. And so I think that that's, uh, that's an amazing, 
it's an amazing trait. And so what is on the horizon, you know, for you for the rest of this year, the rest of, you know, kind of five-year goals, I, I you know, I, I've admired kind of what you've done and, and, you know, uh, have done a lot of really cool things. You've had some corporate work. I know, you know, your work, you know, where you went in and, and, and doing some of that. So where, you know, where are you taking the business for yourself, uh, this year and into the future? Yeah, I have started working on a program where I could enroll more people in a larger scale. Um, and it's a, you know, it's, I don't know if you've taken like a course on Kajabi or anything like that, but that's kind of the style program that I'm working on. Um, And I've kind of gone back and forth with it because I do love the in-person one-on-one 100% thing, but I want to incorporate, you know, one-on-one meetings with these people as well as having this course where, you know, I know basically like a lot of things that help most people. And it, mm. it basically comes down to when we incorporate them is like when we start to work on those things. Yeah. It's, really, it's less about like, if we're going to incorporate them, it's more like when is the right time. And so um, the course would basically walk them through a lot of the foundational work that I do with revamping your digestive system, your blood sugar regulation system. Um, It would incorporate mindset work like meditation and other practices that you can do to help with your stress and just being more in the moment and in tune with yourself. Um, And then the other component I wanted to add to that because I love it and I found that everyone else benefits too is really a strength component. Mm. Um, and I say strength because, um, a lot of people have these body composition goals. Like I want to increase my muscle mass. I want to burn body fat. Um, and of course we can do many different things to achieve some of those goals, but I found that really the one that, that helps people achieve that particular goal, the fastest is really focusing on increasing muscle lifting heavy weights. Um, and it's more in a, an accessible way of, you know, bodybuilding style and then, you know, incorporating some of the larger lifts, um, and then having sort of some add-ons available for people who want to dive into more Olympic weightlifting and technique work or CrossFit Mm -hmm. work, strength work, stuff like that. So, um, I got like the bare bones going and it's really a matter of finding the time and, my business has been so busy right now and I'm so grateful for that, that I haven't had a lot of time to focus on it, but mm-hmm. I do know that generally speaking, summers are slower in terms of people who feel like they could, can commit to, to that and also live. And I feel like this summer in particular might be that way because we have hopefully a little bit more freedom going forwards. Yes. Um, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to really get that finished this year and launch oh, at great. the end of the year. Um, I had set previous earlier goals and now I'm a little more realistic with understanding how much work I need to put in, um, yeah. to get it to be where I want it to be in terms of content quality, all that kind of stuff before I get it out there. Um, so that's sort of like a one-year goal. Um, a five-year goal would more be like, um, you know, I have another part-time job right now. So eventually I want to just have this as my one yeah, job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been super lucky that, uh, you know, all of my, my clients are word of mouth. I don't have a website. I don't have business cards. I, I rarely post on Instagram because I just don't have time anymore. Um, yeah. and, and I, I essentially have a wait list now. So yeah. it's, you know, one of the most amazing things ever, but I do want to have all those other things going too. Like I want to be the, the full package of everything. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. But, it, you know, for you, it, just like everything else, you know, and that's what 
I think is, is important for people to understand is that, you know, you have to understand your priorities and it's just like, okay, well, I have to do some of these things right now um, because there are priorities that we have to take care of. And then, you know, but those priorities, including yourself and what you want, we find time to, to, to fit all of that in, to make these things happen. So that again, you know, what we do now is going to determine, right. What's going to happen to us three years down the line. So, you know, being mindful and present of what we want for the future, but then the understanding of what we have to do today in order to make all of it happen is, is critical. Uh, so that's fantastic. One thing that you talked about, um, and we're, you know, we're getting pretty close. I, I, I do appreciate, uh, all of the time and in, in this conversation, it's been great. Um, you talked about meditation. And so when I, when I left, everything shut down in March and we stopped, uh, you know, going to CrossFit, one of the things that we incorporated and I had been trying to incorporate into my, into my day, but wasn't having much success was meditation. Mm -hmm. And so when we stopped that, I found meditation as a, a kind of a new morning routine for myself, which was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Um, so what has, how, how long have you been meditating? What has meditation done for you? Because I know what it has done for me. So I, but I, I'd, I'd like to, uh, you know, understand what you've uh, been able to explore with it. Yeah. Like everything else, it's kind of been an evolution, but I, I found it through reading this book called Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. And it's a great sort of introduction to what is meditation and then how people use meditation. And she comes at it with more of a, um, an entrepreneurial perspective where, you know, these high achieving people utilize meditation to be more creative, to focus better, to get better, like, you know, cognition, sleep, you know, recovery, that sort of stuff. Um, and that really gives you like this, like buy-in to like, okay, this process could be really helpful in a lot of ways. And then she teaches you a self-meditation, which has like three parts. Um, it's really just kind of like being present, um, you know, finding a mantra focused word and, and repeating that, and then a manifestation part. And so I've utilized that to just get used to meditation, to use different parts of it at different times. Um, I think one of my like coolest uh, moments was when I used meditation actually in the middle of a CrossFit competition. Um, there was this <clears throat> particular workout that I was, I had practiced, I did awful with, it was um, like squatting DT. So all barbell, heavier barbell. And the goal is really to get through all of these like reps without putting the bar down. And I mm. failed miserably when I practiced. And so right before that workout, I went in my car and I just pictured myself just crushing this workout piece of cake, no big deal. And then I go in and I crushed it. Like I surprised myself. Like I, we ended up, I think winning that particular workout. It was just this really cool, like like this I just you were able to was able to do that and it was incredible and so after that I was like okay this really does work and this could work in many different ways whether you're going to do a presentation going into an exam going into like a physical task or just trying to like recompose yourself and get a little more energy before you start your day mm -hmm. um, or continue your day and so now I've I've dived into it more for personal development and really kind of digging into my personal trauma and you know the things that I find still hold me down or I use it in times where I know that my day is really crazy and I need to have this this downtime to rest mm -hmm. recover before I take on the second part of my day um 
Yeah, it's so it's it's uh, and as we talk about, I think as more and more people, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't studied it. I, you know, I'm not a, a, a medical practitioner in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like meditation, you know. And I had a conversation with my buddy a few years ago, and one of the things that he said is, when I re- I started, he was like. Meditation is going to be something in the future that we talk about more and more and more. And I think that the more and more we talk about mental health, the more and more meditation will be a um, a conversation in in that topic. Because uh, if you don't want to just um, take an antidepressant and take all of these different things, <clears throat> meditation for me has been a great way to con- control myself. Mm-hmm. to control my emotions, to control my mind, yeah. to control the thoughts that I have and not let them get out of control. Yeah. Um, and, and, and honestly, even for a creative side to, to, to then stop thinking about things, slow my mind down, but then allow new thoughts to come in. And so um, just even before, like, I love talking to people one-on-one, but I'm terrified when I'm in a group. And so the first time that I did this, like I was at Hanover Insurance and I did an, a TED talk and, you know, people, somebody in the education department, you know, loved the journal was like, will you do a TED talk on this? And I was like, yes. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what? <laughs> you know, and I, and I remember like, I wore two t-shirts underneath my shirt because I knew that I was going to sweat through. <laughs> And, um, but, but, but that's what it was. But then all of a sudden I find meditation and now when I get anxious and I get nervous and I let my emotions start to kind of take control, I find that I get into a nice breathing pattern. I kind of control my thoughts. I control, I focus on my breath. I focus on a thought. I focus on what I'm trying to accomplish with, with what I'm about to do. Um, and I give myself a little bit of kind of encouragement, like I meant to do this. I, you know, people wouldn't have me ask me to do this if, if they didn't believe that I could. And so lose that self-doubt sometimes. Um, so I think that meditation can play a large part, the visualization of, of getting yourself through something. Um, you know, it's really, it's a, it's an amazing tool that, um, we're starting to hear more and more about, um, but it's still, it's got a long way to go. Yeah. It's really so beneficial in so many ways. Like this one guy that I listen to a lot, his name's Aaron Dowdy. He has like hundreds of just YouTube, like free content for, you know, meditation, Uh but he used it to get over his ADHD and, and Mm. get off of, you know, his medication for that. Um, because obviously that's such like a stimulant. It was hard for him to sleep. He tells the whole story, but I notice a lot of people that are resistant to it are like, well, I just have so much going on. I can't control my thoughts, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was actually just listening to a podcast the other day and they said something that I thought was really interesting. It's like, if you have, you know, if you can sit down and meditate for 30 minutes a day, that's great. If you say you don't have time to meditate, you should sit down for an hour a day because (laughs) those are the people who really need it the most. The people who think that like life is so overwhelming or I can't sit, I can't control my thoughts. I can't do this. Like, 
okay, you really got to sit down and give it the, enough time till you realize that you can. Like, that, that is the perfect statement because, you know, and I even tell people with the journal, it's just like, I don't have time for this. And I'm like, well, that's exactly why you need to make time. Right. Uh, I had started working with a guy who had gotten uh, a program as a gift. And I told him that he was going to have to spend an hour every weekend, you know, planning out his week. And then he was going to have to spend five to 10 minutes every day, you know, prioritizing his day. And he, he, um, uh, he revealed to me about two months after that he had said to his wife, he's like, who is this guy thinking that he's like, I don't have time for any of this. And, and he's telling me that I've got to spend an hour on a weekend to, to get this. He's like, I don't have time for this. Um, but as soon as he took the time, he realized what the benefit was. Um, but that's exactly, you know, we're resistant to so much. And as t- you know, people will make a suggestion. And instead of taking that suggestion and saying, well, let me explore this for myself and see if there's something here. We automatically just, if we don't know it, we push it aside and we don't want to explore it. And that comes from a lot of different things. I mean, people, you know, we feel anxious about uh, the first time I went to do yoga. I was so overcome that I was like, I couldn't walk in and I had to go back with my wife because it was just like this whole new experience. I was intimidated to walk in there. I didn't see any guys. I was like, forget it. This isn't for me. But then when I did it, I was like, you know, I was there four or five, six days a week because I loved it. And then, you know, it was just, it was, it's one of those things that we have to overcome these things and, and stop being so resistant to ideas or thoughts that are out there and being open to exploration. Right. And I think that uh, as adults, we lose that being open to exploration. Um, And it's fun to try new things because you never know what it's going to be. And why lose that innocence as a kid of like, yeah, let me do that. I can do it. How do you know? Because you've never tried it. I think it's another issue just to touch on this quickly. I know yeah, I but yeah. like the instant gratification culture, like they'll try it one day, one time. And if it doesn't change their world, they're like, okay, this is it. I, uh, yeah, I'm not good at it. Yeah. Well, you, you just did this for the first time. Do you really think that you're going to be good at it? You right. know, the first time that, you know, the way that I, the way that I do anything now compared to when I first started, it's an evolution. Even the podcast, I'm two months in, but my first podcast, versus my 14th completely different it's an evolution and so i think that we have to stop beating ourselves up with i'm not good at that and how can you be good at that unless you try it unless you continue Give it. Give it to time. yeah you know it was amazing i was listening to a uh, uh a podcast before we we reach out um uh, it was on Joe Rogan and there was a martial arts guy who, who was on there and he was a, he's a world famous coach. I don't remember his name, but he was talking about training at like 70%. And mm-hmm. then once a week he goes at like a hundred, but he's like, if I train at 70%, then I get more reps in. If I want to become a master at something, I need more reps. Yeah. So I don't need to push myself to this limit to where I can't do something the next day. I want to be able to, you know, always be evolving. So if you want to get better at something, you have to put in time, you have to put in energy, you have to put in effort. Right. For sure. Love it. Kind of go from there. But listen, 
Okay. Well, listen, Kathleen, it was it was a fantastic hour. I, you know, I feel like we could talk for a little longer here, uh, but <laughs> but I appreciate the uh, appreciate the insight. What's that? Yeah. I said, we'll have to talk in person next time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to do do uh, an in-person. But thank you for all you do. Thank you for, you know, helping people, you know, just be better versions of themselves when they want to be and just guiding them through a process that I think everyone, you know, has a little bit of anxiety about because it's, it's an unknown. So thank you for that. Thank you for, um, you know, like I said, helping people and keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. It's my pleasure. It's- my life's purpose. So I'm happy to be here doing it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Kathleen. We'll talk soon. Well, have a great day, Scott.